What's up, guys? Jalen back. I know I've been gone for a while, but welcome back, Washington Commander fans, to another amazing episode of Bleeding BNG, episode 64. And like I said, guys, I know I've been gone for a while. Getting back into the flow of, you know, teaching, you know, the school year just started. I actually uh, picked up coaching football last minute. Um, you know, some of the guys over um, at the club I'm coaching that wanted to use this football intellect, this football brain. Uh, so I've been doing that over the course of the last couple of weeks. And, you know, just getting back into the flow of things. But football season is here and we're back. We're back. This is episode 64, like I said, and I promise not to leave you guys again. And you can see I'm lit. I'm lit because guess what? Our Washington Commanders starting off their Commanders era one and no with a with a shellacking that they put on the Jacksonville Jaguars, sending their ass back to Duval. Emphasis on the L. Emphasis on the L. Like I said, Washington wins 28-22. And I might have been, you know, stretching it a little bit, calling it a shellacking, but hey. All good vibes around when you starting off the season 1-0. We're undefeated in the commander's area. That's all I can say. Um, but it was a lot of things to like. It was a lot of beautiful things to like over the course of this game. And I'm going to be sure to touch over over the course of this episode. So I'm not going to leave you guys too long. You know, these reaction episodes. We try to we try to be as concise as we can. Uh, but, you know, sometimes the motion overtakes us over at Bleeding BNG. You know, this is the place where you follow for the raw, real, uncut, and unfiltered um, analysis. And we aim to do that for you every each and every episode. So, let's get started. Let's get started. Where do I start? I know exactly where I start. The Carson Wentz experience. The Carson Wentz experience was in full effect. And you know, we, we're live. Boots on the ground at every game. Another year as a season ticket holder. So, be sure to be checking out our Instagram pages for some content. Um, just live analysis. You know live reactions and things like that because we were over there section 139 and fedex be sure to check us out because we'll be there each and every week all nine seasons of the game all nine games of the season this year um and we were lit we were lit speaking of the attendance first before i get to the carson Wentz experience um it was a great crowd um you know all things considered considering the fact that it looked like hurricane katrina outside at 8 a.m this morning um it was very gloomy to start today uh, but the turnout was pleasant um the lower bowl was in full tag and they were loud and i saw much more much more washington commander fans and jacksonville jaguar fans quite the contrary to the san diego uh the los angeles Chargers game last year um like i told you guys last year at the Chargers game like that was the first that was the first inkling of like i was like whoa like this is really bad like i didn't even know there were that many los angeles Chargers fans and they overtook our stadium in week one um none of that would none of that could have been possible with the turnout um in today's game i don't know if that was the excitement over the commanders era i don't know if that was the excitement over you know Carson Wentz, us having a quarterback, or us just thinking that we can win a game. Um, there were some Jacksonville Jaguar fans in there and things like that, but the Washington fans pretty much tuned them out, and it was a pretty loud and ruckus crowd. Now on to that Carson Wentz experience, because, boy, it was an experience, to say the least. It was an experience. I said this leaving the stadium today, because I felt so drained leaving the stadium. I said, Carson can't put me through this through 17 weeks, especially when I'm going to be there live live in demand or action. Like, he can't he can't keep putting me through this. But if you look at the stat line, he threw for 313 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and uh, with 27 completions on 41 um, attempts. And guess what? I loved what I saw from Carson Wentz. Um, now, the interceptions, I know everybody's going to touch on those, but I really want to start with the four touchdowns. This man threw four touchdowns. Do y'all understand that? We haven't had a quarterback throw four touchdowns in a while, especially in week one. 
We came out firing on all cylinders to start the game, scoring on our first two offensive possessions. When is the first time? When is the last time they happened in in Washington football history? Like I haven't, I don't remember remember too many games where we started off scoring on the first two offensive drives, and we did just that. We did just that, and the reason that we did that, I would be remiss to not talk about my boy. I would be remiss to not run my victory lap because in May when I went to the OTAs and he looked me in my eyes and told me we turn this shit up this year. I told y'all y'all should have believed Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is a difference maker no matter how you want to slice it. All the sideline Samuel. All the what's the plan? Well, he showed you the plan today. The plan is get the ball in his hands and let him do him. Did you see the juke move he put on? Did you see? Did you? See, he's like a jitterbug on the field. Curtis Samuel is a difference maker. You want to know why? Because he is a chain mover. He is a type of guy that's going to keep you in front of the sticks, whether that be a bubble screen, whether that be a, a quick pass, whether that be running the ball. We saw him take a couple of handoffs. I think he took four handoffs today for 17 carries for an average of four yards per carry. He's a natural with the ball in his hands, and, he saw, and we saw it today. I found myself today even asking, like, man, what if we had that last year? Like, what if we had that last year? But we can't we can't look back in the past. We can only just hold on to the future. And the future is looking bright for Curtis Samuel. He had 72 all-purpose yards. And Curtis was looking for him early. I mean, uh, Carson was looking for him early and often. Um, getting the ball in his hands. I think he had about six touches in the first quarter um, or something crazy like that. And, and, and he earned all of them. He earned all of them. All of them were efficient. He didn't lose many yards. Um, the only thing I will say is you got to hold on to the ball, man. If we're going to keep putting you out there in the backfield, you know, this is a natural running back. You know, this is a guy that played running back at Ohio State. And if you looked in his Carolina days, they used him in that way, um, in that in that role as well. So he's used to having the ball in his hand, so there's no excuse for that fumble. I don't want to hear the random or anything. Because if I'm being honest, that killed all momentum. But let's go back to earlier in the first half. I loved what Carson Wentz did on those first two drives. Um, my favorite throw out to Carson was probably hitting Antonio Gibson on that scissors right off the backfield and um, on scoring our first uh, touchdown to Curtis Samuel. He put the ball exactly where it needed to be. Antonio Gibson, who we've been saying needs to be in outer space, showed you that he can make a play. And it showed that uh, Scott Turner has trusted not only his quarterback, but his weapons as well. And a touch on Antonio Gibson. Do you guys realize Antonio Gibson had 130 all-purpose yards today? Antonio Gibson had 130 all-purpose yards today. And, and we're one of the forefronts in the Washington community about, you know, giving Antonio Gibson flack and things like that because we love Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is a very, very talented player. Don't get me wrong. But I felt like you were trying to pigeonhole him to the role, and this is the role that he should have been in since 2020, if we're being honest. This is a guy that's special with the ball in his hands at 230-plus pounds. We're starting to finally see some of that explosive explosiveness that we saw in that four three nine um, combine speed. You know, this is a guy Antonio Gibson balled out today. Now it may not be in your traditional, you know, running back role. He only had fifty eight rushing yards and things like that. But the man has seventy two yards receiving. Do you realize what that looks like with two hundred and thirty pounds coming out of your backfield catching passes like that on a consistent basis, leaning on the defense and things like that. I can tell you from a guy that was in the stadium, in the second half, in those open field tackles and things like that, those Jacksonville Jaguar DBs did not want to tackle Antonio Gibson. And Brian Robinson is supposed to be our power back from here on out. It's different. It's different when you get your ball in your dog's hands, and that's what Scott Turner did um, early and often today. 
I think the only call that I didn't like um, in the first half entirely, in, in the entire first half, was the reverse to Jahan Dotson on the opposite on your side of the field where you lost 10 yards. I'm never a big fan of reverses or big gadget plays like that on your side of the field and to lose 10 yards and things like that that put you behind the sticks and things like that. But we were able to regroup and things like that, and we kept pushing. Um, I really like what I saw from the offense in the first half, you know? We were getting the ball to our playmakers. Terry McLaurin only had one reception in, in um, the first half for eight yards, and that bothered me. That bothered me, especially somebody who's a, a Terry McLaurin fantasy owner. Reason that some my voice is partly hoarse right now is because I was yelling for Terry Moore, McLaurin to get the ball. But you saw what Scott Turner was doing because once we fell behind, the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguar DBs were just sitting on routes because we were slicing them with a thousand cuts with, you know, short passes to Jahan Dotson, short passes to Curtis Samuel, short passes to J.D. McKissick, who has three receptions for 20 yards today. You know, Curtis Samuel was a chain mover today. Logan Thomas was a chain mover today with three receptions for 45 yards in his first game in live action since November. I was honestly shocked to see Logan Thomas come, come back before Cole Turner. And it was a pleasant thing to see because in not much time, you know, this is a guy that has been practicing for, what, all of two weeks? And he didn't just jump right in the team. He didn't just jump right in the 7-on-7. Seven seven. He was easing his way back. It seems like him and, and Carson have a, have a great rapport. I know it's only three receptions for 45 yards, but that third down conversion, that third down conversion where we're pinned back inside of our 30-yard line on four, in, in the fourth quarter, that was the biggest play of the game. With Carson hits Logan uh, Thomas on our sideline. That was the biggest throw of the game. Stood tall in the pocket and delivered a strike. Delivered a dime. Delivered a dime. That's that's the that's the Carson. That's the good Carson Wentz. A part of that Carson Wentz experience. This is the reason why you went out and got this man. Now, I know we've been critical, so I don't want to be the guy that's all, all hindsight that we've been positive and things like that. But Carson made some $28 million throws today. He made some $28 million throws today. That throw to Terry McLaurin, the 50-yard touchdown, was a dot. Effortless. It got there so fast in person. I look back and watch the replay just to get some assurance on what did it really get there as fast as I thought in person. Because, you know, sometimes it be tripping in live action. I be tripping in live action. I had a couple cut waters in me, you know. But that ball was a dot. He threw that ball so effortlessly. The game-winning touchdown to Jahan Dotson is a dot. Newsflash, Taylor Heineke fans, your boy is not making that throw. I'm sorry, Taylor Heineke fans. And for the people that were cheering for Taylor Heineke after Brinson's second interception, cut that shit out, man. Cut that shit out, man. Because what you're telling me is that you're not trying to win this year. That's all you telling me. You can't tell me that, that Taylor Heineke is making that throw to Jahan Dotson to win the game. You can't tell me that Taylor, uh, Taylor Heineke is making that throw to Terry McLaurin to, to bring us within uh, two. You can't tell me. Yes, this man threw uh, two interceptions. What was a hell of a play from Trayvon Walker, who was a dog? Trayvon Walker was whipping Sam Cosby ass all day. That's what a number one pick does. They're good on the other side of the field as well. These are NFL players as well. And I was really impressed from what I saw from Jacksonville, especially in their front seven today. Especially in the second half. They had some sneaky pass rushers. They had some very sneaky pass rushers. But, hey, hey, they couldn't, they couldn't stay in that commander's offense. What did I tell you 
over the course of the all season. The reason that I was so excited about this season is because I see so many ways that we can beat you offensively. And that was before we started using Antonio Gibson in space. I just chalked that up as damn. We just we just pigeonholing him as a power back for a third year. But now we getting freaky with him. Scott Turner was in his bag. You want to go bombs over Baghdad? Well, I got I got Carson Wentz, 300 yards, four touchdowns. Come week four, you want to go smash mouth? I got 230-pound Antonio Gibson. I got 230-pound Brian Robinson, hopefully. We can beat you that way, too. And that's my biggest takeaway from this game is that I'm talking about playmakers galore, and we ain't even got our foundation, foundational piece in Brian Robinson, the guy that's going to keep us above the sticks. I've said this about the Washington offense since Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson left. We didn't have any chain movers. Deshaun Jackson was great. Terry McLaurin's great. They're vertical guys. I, lo I love what they do. But you need guys that are going to consistently sit down in the zone at, the, at, at, at 10 yards and get you that first down right at the marker. You need a guy that's going to take a swing pass from, from, from the backfield and get you seven yards. And guess what? We got a couple of those guys now. Antonio Gibson is showing you he's one of those guys. Him and Trayvon Walker were going back and forth all game. Uh, I think it was early in the game. Trayvon Walker, who's it was absurd. He's 270 pounds checking Antonio Gibson out in the slot. But Antonio Gibson still made the catch. It was a low ball from Carson where only Antonio Gibson can make the play. And I think um, he scooped it off the ground, didn't really have an opportunity to um, get any yards after and things like that. But guess what? You're getting the ball in space. And him and Trayvon Walker really cutting up after that. And they were really getting after it for the rest of the game. Um, but I love what I saw from this offense today. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I just want Terry McLaurin to get more touches. As you see with the elite offenses, like uh, Saint, uh, Los Angeles Rams, they, they fed, what, Cooper Cup 13 times the other night. Stephon Diggs got nine targets the other night. And I'm not I'm the first one to say it. I tweeted it. Terry McLaurin was getting clamped on some of these routes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always wanting to admit when Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin's not perfect. He's a dog. He's a dog, but he's not perfect by any means. Some of these routes, he wasn't getting separation and things like that. But when you got these other pieces on the offense and he's getting one-on-one -on -one coverage, just take your chances sometimes. He's showing you that he's an elite elite contested catcher despite his size. He showed you that he's, going, he's a guy that's going to go up and get it. My favorite Terry McLaurin play outside of the touchdown was the block that he had on the weak side rollout where Carson Wentz ended up scrambling for about eight yards, and he picked up the defensive end. How many $20 million wide receivers are doing that? I'm going to answer that now. Not many. Not many. Laying their body out on the line because they got to get their stats to back up and justify their contract. Terry don't care about that. He just won't win. Man, I, hey. If, it's, if, it's, if this is what it takes for the Carson Wentz experience, I'm, I'm down for it. Because one thing that you guys can't deny is that he may throw you out of the game. And that interception that he threw to Jahan Dotson was ugly. I think that it was more of an ugly decision than the throw. I think that Dotson could have ran a better route coming back to the ball. But Tiger Campbell ran that route for Dotson. Dotson never had any separation on that route. So why throw that ball? So like I said, I think it was a, a more poor decision than a bad throw. Um, it was late. It was it was a little late. But if this is what comes with the Carson Wentz experience, I'm down for the ride, man. I'm down for the ride. Because one thing that you guys can't deny, even the biggest Carson Wentz hater, is that he has the arm. He has the arm talent. 
to get you back in the game no matter how far you're down. And that's something that we couldn't have said for Washington quarterbacks since Robert Griffin III. Kirk Cousins might be that now, but was he that in Washington? A guy that was going to throw you back in the games? Yeah, he had the cold red game and things like that. Kirk might have been that guy. Kirk might have been that guy, but I don't even think he possesses Carson Wentz's arm talent, if we're being honest. He doesn't. He doesn't if we're being honest. I know that. It's not a thought. But the offense looked good today. Even my man Armani Rogers got a little slick screen and showed that speed. Showed that speed. I told y'all Armani Rogers was fast as hell. He showed it in the Chiefs game when he knocked dude out. He's about to turn that up. This is a guy that has set the college um, the NCAA record for the longest run by a quarterback at, with his time at the um, University of Miami of Ohio. Or I think it was Ohio. I think it was the Bobcats. But he's a burner. He's a burner, and he got loose on that screen pass. We got playmakers galore. We got playmakers galore. Dax Mill didn't do much on offense, but he looked more than serviceable as a return man today, especially on punt return. He made one move and got up the field. Now, hopefully, Antonio Gibson can get some kick return looks like he was starting to do. Um, when I was running my victory lap, when Brian Robinson was getting the lion's share of touches, because I would really like to see what he does in that role. Think about if you add 60 yards, 60 kick return yards to Antonio Gibson's day-to-day. That's almost 200 all-purpose yards. And we can start talking about a 2022 version of Brian Mitchell at that point. And who wouldn't want that on their roster? You know what Brian Mitchell did? Won a Super Bowl. And that's what I'm trying to do. So big ups to the offense, man. Hopefully we can keep it going. Um, the Detroit Lions, they they get they they let up 38 points on the Eagles today, almost letting them do whatever they want. Jalen Hurts didn't even dice them up through the air as much. Um, he did force feed AJ Brown, but I think that we even have more weapons, and uh, it's a potential for another big day for the offense um, in Detroit. Now on to the defense. I'll be the first to say, it. I'll be the first to say, because you can always go back to the tape. I'm a big advocate in letting your apology be as loud as your disrespect. So I got to hold myself up to my ideologies and things like that. Derek Forrest, I am sorry, sir. Derek Forrest, I am sorry, sir. Derek Forrest, you play like a grown-ass man today. Let me tell y'all, when Derek Forrest smacked Travis Etienne, I told you in the 11th row, um, row 15, section 139, that was right in front of me. I felt that hit. I felt that hit. I felt that hit for the rest of the game. And if you noticed, Travis Etienne did not run the same for the rest of the game. That boy was shook. Textbook tackle. Textbook tackle. Head on the ball. He exploded his hips. That was one, that was one of the best tackles I've seen by a Washington football player in a long time. In a long time. Then he has the game ceiling interception. He looked good in coverage, covering, I think, um, in the back of the end zone right after the hit. Was it Everett Ingram? They tried him in coverage. He was on top of that. Our defensive game ball goes to Derek Forrest easily. Now we got to figure out what we do when Cam Curl comes back because we got to remember it. I was in, he was in Cam Curl's spot. So what do we do? Do we just have a bunch of ballers at the safety position? Does Bobby McCain get the short end of the stick? 
I don't think anybody's as rangy as him, but you got to start finding ways to put Derek Forrest on the field, man. He showed you that today. Those type of hits change, change the momentum of the game. Like I told you, ETN did not run the same after that. The Jaguars were shook. I saw their faces. I made it my duty to look at their faces after. It looked like they saw a ghost. Derek Forrest lit that man up. Along with two five tackles. And a game ceiling interception that I mentioned. He had a hell of a game today. But staying with the defense, man. Losing for Derek Mathis is a huge blow. A huge blow. Because you can see that they had really big plans for him. He got a lot of snaps in a little bit of time that he, he was in before he got injured. I mean, it was one thing that I noticed. Um, and I, I, I it, it made me think that Federi Mathis was going to have a big game. And it also told me that, like, it's something that they're not telling us about Federi Mathis that they know. After the Star Spangled Bander, uh, after the 9-11 festivities and everything like that, you know, um, shout, um, shout out to, you know, all the people. Um, they lost their lives on 9-11 as well um, to this very important day and things like that. But back to Federian Mathis, I noticed something. Uh, all the defensive linemen, Jonathan Allen, not young guys, old guys, they all came and comforted Federian Mathis or got hype off Federian Mathis. Everybody. It was almost like Federian Mathis was the leader in that room, which I know he's not. I know he's not because it's Jonathan Allen by, by a mile. But every guy seemed to feed off Federian Mathis' um, energy. And his injury, it was just huge because, like, that was one thing that I noticed uh, just as a fan in the stands and things like that. And he was mauling people in the run game. It wasn't like he was just out there chucking and driving. Like, he was mauling people in the run game. He was doing his dues. So for Ron is Coach Rivera to come and say that they're concerned after the, um, after the game and things like that, for the cart to come out and things like that, um, those are typically for, you know, long injuries. Um, long withstanding injuries, if not season-long injuries, season-ending injuries. Um, so I'm nervous about that. But speaking about Alabama defensive tackles, we got to sack each by, you know, Allen and Payne. It's so much better when they're not fighting each other and they're fighting over the other team. It looks so much better. And Deron Payne, I called you out last, last month. I said that you might be the most overrated commander on the roster. You might have been the best commander on the roster in the fourth quarter. That batted pass, that sack, Deron Payne showed up when it was time. Now I just need that consistency from Deron Payne. Deron Payne is an impact player when he wants to be. Emphasis on the when he wants to be. Emphasis on the when he wants to be. But I love what I saw from him in the fourth quarter. John Allen's just a grown-ass man. John Allen's just going to do what he does. I almost thought we lost him to a big injury in that fourth quarter on that game ceiling drive and things like that. But he got up. He popped up Rambo style like the grown-ass man that he is. Now, the last thing I really want to touch on with this defense. I don't want to be a Scrooge. Y'all see, it's great vibes around over here. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. But all I know is we better go quarterback in the first round of the draft next year. And I said cornerback, cornerback, defensive back. Because these dudes right now are not cutting it. Yeah, William Jackson had eight tackles. Six of them was on dudes catching passes on them. And he could have had more caught on them. Marvin Jones had him beat on that deep ball that Trevor just threw outside of his reach and things like that. Kendall Furler started getting torched all second half. 
How are you getting torched playing eight yards off? I don't understand that. Like, I can see if you were, like, giving up stuff in front of you and things like that. But you playing eight yards off and letting dudes get behind you. I told y'all last year I thought Kendall Fuller had a step that he, uh, lost a step that he didn't have to lose. Um, and I know it's week one, but I don't want to say I told you so just yet. But come week five, if this play continues, just know that I told you so, so it's coming. Just know it is. Just know it is. Hey, man, so that's it for this episode of Bleeding Me and G. As you see, I'm lit. Ain't too much more to talk about. We got in that ass. We got in that Jags ass. Uh, great, good vibes all around. It's always a good week when you started with a Washington win, ain't it? Ain't it? So be sure to check out our preview for the Detroit Lions as we move on to play them next week. The 0-1 Lions, looking to go 2-0. Looking to go 2-0, but we're going to be where I feed at. We're going to celebrate this victory. And be sure to tap into our Instagram and our Twitter. Our Instagram handle is at BleedingBNG, at B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. Our Twitter handle is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to like. Be sure to comment on this video. Be sure to subscribe, guys. I'm trying to hit 1,000 subscribers before the end of the season. I'm trying to hit 1,000 subscribers by the end of the season. I'll be sure to give you the content that you're looking for. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating because we're available on all podcast platforms, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those ratings, let's finesse these algorithms because we're trying to be your number one source for everything Washington Commanders. When you when you search Washington Commanders, Washington Football, whatever, we're trying to finesse these algorithms so Bleeding BNG the first thing you see. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I'll check in on you guys later. Be sure to check in on the preview of the Detroit Lions matchup. And you guys have a good week. Peace.